On today's Locked On Texan podcast, Cody and I discuss what went right and what went wrong for the Texans in their final preseason game. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Monday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I am your Texan football analyst, John, some sports guy Hickman, of course, joined by none other than Sports Illustrated's own. And Texans credential media member Cody Davis. Thank you for everybody who was stopping by the Locked On Texas podcast for the very first time. If this is your first time, please subscribe, like, and comment to the YouTube page under Locked On Texans and wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for everybody that's returning for another day of talking Texans as we look at the Houston Texans winning their final preseason game versus the New Orleans Saints Sunday night. By a score of, are you guys ready? 17-13 in that game. <laughs> I'm sorry. But in that game, the leading passer for the night was E.J. Perry, 7 of 12, 58 yards. Davis Mills, 6 of 11, 53 yards. C.J. Stroud, 2 of 4, 16 yards. But that does not tell the story of the tape. We do have to look at C.J. tossing his first NFL mm. touchdown to Nico Collins. Uh, there were two big passes dropped by the receivers on those opening two drives for C.J. Stroud. One for Nico Collins on the side of the on the sideline down the field would have been a forty bomber. Made a great play. Uh, the the DB made a great play on the ball, and then there was another play that was dropped by uh, Robert Woods, I believe, as well. So the two or four doesn't tell the tale of the tape for real. Pinpoint accuracy. C.J. Stroud had a very good day. Xavier Hutchinson, four catches for 48 yards. Mike Boone, four catches for 26 yards, along with his 51 yards on the ground and his one touchdown. Longest play of the day for Mike Boone was 21 yards. I think Mike Boone is doing a very good job of mm. solidifying that RB3 role. For the Houston Texans defense, Two sacks, seven tackles for loss, and 12 pass deflections to go along with two interceptions on the day. One by Cameron Dantzler, just signed to the Houston Texans last week, and Graylin Arnold, uh, also for Houston Tankdale punt return. One time to get a chance to return something, and boy, was he electric. 26 yards on that punt return. For the Houston Texans, this was an opportunity for everybody to see the news that was going to eventually break. Shout out to my <laughs> man, Big Sarge, who yes, um, Big Sarge, Brian Barefield of the USA Texan Wire brand basically said it hours before the game that CJ Stroud was going to be announced as this team starter at the end of preseason, at the end of the game. That was the case. D'Amico Ryans did announce him at the press conference. Cody, C.J. Stroud is officially QB1. And to look at the three preseason games, to look at the game last night against the New Orleans Saints, 
I got to tell you, it was obvious. Davis Mills, um, if he had a chance, he lost it last night. I thought EJ Perry played better than him. I think there's a case that you can look at EJ Perry to be this team's number two quarterback after what we saw last night. Hmm. But CJ Stroud, what you brought him in for is what he's good at, right? <laughs> yeah. The throw on the Nico Collins pass was a beautiful, almost dime, right? <laughs> the uh, DB made a play. That cornerback made a play on it at the last second, and I still thought Nico had an opportunity to make a play on that ball. Then you look at the throw to Dalton Schultz that he connected on him with. High pass, only where the court, uh, your, your, your tight end can get it. And also the throw on the run. Again, showing that he is very mobile uh, to Robert Woods was another pass that I thought should have been caught. Uh, this guy was going to be the quarterback one from day one, and I've been impressed with the small sample size that we've gotten from C.J. Stroud, especially in the past two preseason games. And speaking of the small sample size, um, Coach D'Amico Ryans actually talked about that at his post-game press conference Sunday night, and he said it, you know, his decision to name CJ the starter goes beyond what we saw Sunday. It goes beyond what we saw Saturday. And it also goes beyond what the, what he showcased in his quote unquote debut against the new England Patriots a couple weeks ago, which seems like what a couple months ago now, because everybody has so much negative stuff to say. However, the one thing that coach D'Amico Ryan's talked about of how he came to this decision was the fact that CJ Stroud has shown Time and time again, his ability to learn and apply the lessons learned. And that's very important because when you take a look at a young quarterback or if you take a look at a young prospect in general, you know, there are moments where we would see them make the same mistakes over and over and over again. But in terms of CJ Stroud, we have yet to see him repeat these same mistakes. Now, look, I get it. I understand it. When the regular season start, yes, we're going to see him probably revert back to some of those mistakes. However, it's not going to be a continuation, i.e. his ability to take care of the football. John, just remember, going into the first part of this month, the early part of training camp, the debut against the New England Patriots, what is something that I was harping on a lot in terms of my early evaluation of CJ? Can he take care of the football? There was a moment where he used to go through practice and and and, and finish practice with about two or three interceptions. We saw it in the game against the Patriots. However, ever since that game against the Patriots, whether in practice, rather joint practices, rather in preseason play, we have not seen him throw an interception. And then when you take a look at his play on yesterday, he really looked more and more comfortable. I go back to what he told me um, following the Texans preseason loss against the Miami Dolphins. And he said the one thing that he wants to focus on is staying consistent. And I saw a consistent pattern between his play against the Miami Dolphins and the play against the New Orleans Saints Sunday afternoon. Of course, this is not a surprise. However, I like the fact that CJ said it. The day after the Houston Texans drafted him, he did not want the starting job to be handed to him. He wants an opportunity to go out there, fight for it, and earn it. And he definitely did, what, about four or five months into his tenure with the Houston Texans. I think what I love the most about C.J. Stroud officially being named quarterback one is understanding, like you said, him putting in some of the smaller things uh, in, in his game and in way he's preparing to take this team to a new height, leaving the Davis Mills era behind. 
What was impressive to me last night, before getting named as this team started, which we already knew, but was what was impressive to me was a couple of things. The pass of Dalton Schultz. Mm-hmm. So on that pass, what I loved the most was, and CJ has been doing a very good job of killing the narrative of Ohio State quarterbacks, at least to this <laughs> point in the preseason, right? Mm-hmm. One of the narratives that we've heard about Ohio State quarterbacks the past 20 years has been the one read quarterback. Because of that offense, you just go where where the ball, where the coach is telling you to go because you know that player is going to be open. That pass to Dalton Schultz, if you go back and look, his head started to the left, and he went progressing through his reads while the pocket wasn't the prettiest. And then he delivered a strike, an accurate strike, to where only his quarterback could get it. And I, and I like that. Like, only his tight end can get it, excuse me. So I like that he's going through his reads. I like that he's doing that at an NFL level, and he's doing it quickly. I also like just watching CJ continue to break. I'm not a statue. Hmm. I can move around. I can make plays with my legs, right? And some people may say that he probably should have pulled the ball down and ran for it. I think it's 50-50 on that. This is a preseason. He runs for it. There's no telling what happens. However, the play still could have been kept alive if Robert Wood come down with that ball. So, like, what I'm seeing from CJ from CJ is just him killing a lot of those pre-draft narratives, a lot of those narratives that's attached to him from the past two decades of Ohio State quarterbacks. And, by the way, like we've said before during this offseason, Justin Fields was the next highest quarterback drafted. C.J. Stroud at two is the highest quarterback drafted from Ohio State in a very, very long time, if not of all time. The rest of those quarterbacks were never drafted as high. And I'm looking at C.J. as a player who takes a lot of things personal, Hmm. but he doesn't sit and sulk in it. He uses that to get better. That's been a continuing theme for C.J. from day one since he's arrived in this building. So him getting named quarterback one is no surprise. There was never a surprise. It was never going to be another quarterback. But what you should love, ladies and gentlemen, is the fact CJ is not only killing narratives about him and and where he came from, but he's doing it in a very great way. I was so impressed by that throw to Dalton Schultz because of what led to him making that throw. So he's your starting quarterback, week one, Baltimore Ravens. This will be a good year for Houston in terms of progression, and I think CJ will be a big part of that. August is here, and you know what that means, the official start of fantasy football drafting month. So get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on underdog fantasy All you do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup for every week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and bigger and better than ever with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so you don't want to wait around. Visit UnderdogFantasy.com. 
or find them on the App Store and sign up with promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code Locked On. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this. John, is it is it too early to start calling it Victory Monday? You want to say let's, that? Let's do it. Let's do gonna, it. Welcome let's back, ladies and gentlemen, to let's this Victory it. Monday of let's Locked On Texans. I know we normally don't do it in the preseason. However, you've been covering this team, following this team over the last three years. Haven't had too many Victory Mondays, so we're going to give a bonus one today. But, John, you know, we opened up the first segment talking about C.J. Stroud being named the starter. Um, And I really do want to just look at some of the good standouts from this final preseason game. As we all know, um, cut-down day is tomorrow. Don't be surprised if you start seeing some roster moves being made later on today. However, I think there are several players who had an opportunity to kind of save their job or really give Nick Casario and um, Coach the Miko Ryan's a, a a really good evaluation in terms of breaking that down, but we get into that later on today um, for tomorrow's show. But John C.J. Stroud finished his final drive of preseason with a touchdown, something that you and I and everybody else wanted to see. I think that was the last preseason evaluation we wanted to see from C.J. Stroud. However, that entire drive was an indication of how the Houston Texans are going to utilize this offense throughout this whole entire season. That drive, I believe it was like six or seven plays that recorded 43 yards and 25 of those yards came from Damian. Oh, 27. I'm sorry. Came from Damian Pierce on that drive. John, as I, as I alluded to, man, that was just a small sample size of what we're going to see from this offense. I love the fact how, Damian Pierce was finally able to get into a rhythm because, look, I understand last Saturday's game was just a, you know, uh, his first time on the field since December when he ended the, his season with a, with that ankle injury. However, I just wanted to see Damian Pierce get into a rhythm, and that's exactly what we saw. You already talked about it, and I think that might have been the best pass attempt from CJ when he connected with Dalton Schultz for 13 yards. But that whole entire sequence, that whole entire series was really good. Even the offensive line. Yes, they're still kind of banged up. And we're going to get into what does this mean for Keegan Green because um, Michael Data started at left guard. But that offensive line did look good. It's probably the best that we've seen it throughout the preseason. And for the Texans to go out there and move the chain and end it with a touchdown pass between um, C.J. Stroud and Miko Collins, man, it says a lot. So, yeah, man, I feel like you were reading my notes just now. Uh, the run game will open up the playbook for Houston. Um, and if we're looking out, if we're looking at standouts from that game, it may have had some of the best blocking for this team in a game consistently since Vontae Leach, and that's Dalton mm-hmm. King. Dalton King on the Damian Pierce drive, the, the drive that ended in a result, a touchdown result from Nico Collins, opened up multiple holes by his blocking for Damian Pierce. Also led to the Mike Boone touchdown on the ground where Mike Boone was able to run up the middle. He ran right behind Dalton King. Dalton King throughout the entire night was blocking better than I've seen a fullback block here in Houston in a very long time. So I thought he was a player that stood out to me in uh, Sunday's preseason game. And I'm also looking at a guy on the defensive side of the ball that I thought was on the outs. (laughs) But Shaquille Griffin, 
outside of that first drive where he didn't get off the tackle, off the uh, block fast enough to make a play where the runner went to the outside of his shoulder, outside of that, Shaquille Griffin was good throughout the entire night. I'm looking at some of the plays. Um, the one play where he basically ran the route for the receiver, and then you see him use his athletic ability to make a play to get that fat, that, that uh, pass deflection. He was doing small things like that throughout the entire night and really looked like a valuable player. And I love the fact that we don't need to see Stingley. We don't need to hmm. see uh, Nelson. Let's see what we got because the cornerbacks of Francis Griffin and Cameron Dantzler and Holman, that battle last night was super interesting to see. I believe Griffin may have saved his job because I wasn't too sure about it heading into last night's game. But Cameron, uh, Cameron Densler, who signed last week, Francis and Holman, I am interested to see what they do with those three players to make sure that this cornerback team, cornerback group has some depth. Overall, those are my standouts between Shaquille Griffin and Dalton King. And, of course, CJ, you may say that Dalton Schultz pass was the best of the night. The Nico Collins pass was the best pass of the night for <laughs> CJ Stroud. Unfortunately, the one that would have been a 40 ball, right? The one that's that the only reason why ball. I didn't say it because it didn't count. <laughs> that was the best pass of the night. And also look at Desmond King was playing well into the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And so we know that Jacoby Francis was moved over to the slot corner. Tavier Thomas was is a slot corner who I don't think is making the team. But Desmond King was you know playing some some good snaps in the third quarter, and I was kind of concerned. But he if he was if he was on the bubble, Desmond King played very good for Houston last night. He had a sack on the night. Uh, Jalen Petrie, the defense, he shot he shot out of a cannon and got a uh, tackle for loss. Man, I love what I saw out of the DB group last night from each and every one of them. And Houston will have a very difficult time cutting down uh, some of these guys because last night was a perfect showcase for a lot of them. And really quick, before moving on, I do want to, um, my final standout, going back to the offensive side of the ball, Xavier Hutchinson had Mm. by far his best game of the preseason. What I like most about Xavier and what gets me most excited about Xavier because we know him to be an up-and-coming playmaker for the Houston Texans. However, the best part for me is the fact that he he hasn't really seen the field too much with C.J. Stroud. A lot of times when we've been on this show, rather OTAs, mandatory minicamp, training camp, joint practices, and we are highlighting Xavier Hutchison, that was him making plays with um, Case Keenum. That was him making plays with Damian, with Davis Mills. That was him last night making plays with EJ Perry, who, John, I'm going to agree with you, based off of Sunday's game, I think EJ Perry should be, I'm not going to say quarterback number two, but he should definitely remain on this roster uh, because I still think Case Keenum training camp alone before his injury. I think Case Keenum might've outplayed Davis Mills. So that's going to be something interesting. we got to keep an eye out for, but going back to Xavier Hutchinson, knowing that it didn't matter who he was receiving passes from, he had an opportunity to go out there and make plays. And if you're doing that with Keenum, you're doing that with EJ, you're doing that with Mills, I cannot wait to see what you're going to do with CJ Stroud throughout the regular season. Shout out to Xavier Hutchinson. Absolutely. And uh, I thought he made a great play on special teams that 
I thought resulted in a fumble. That, that and that back. fumble. <laughs> yeah, so and it's like the small things, man. Some of these guys, I mean, Xavier Hutchinson is a fan favorite in a sense because a lot of people want to see him over Noah Brown. A lot of people I've seen a lot of people want to see him over Nico Collins Robert Woods. and uh, Robert Woods. And so and I'm and I'm cl- I'm inclined to agree with a couple of those names, but he is still a six-round pick. And he is still a guy that needs to, you know, do things to make this roster. Nothing is given to any any player in this league. And so, you know, keep doing those small things. Keep blocking down the field. Keep making plays on special teams. And when your number is called, snag those passes like you did last night. And so Xavier Hutchinson is a player that, you know, if I had any negative to say about him coming out of college, it was the drop passes. Had a few so far during camp and preseason. Cleans that up, do the small things, and he'll be able to see some playing time here in Houston. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of the sports, music, comedy, theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right now up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and much more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section for lower, then game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Can't beat that. So download the game time app. Create an account and use promo code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Again, create an account and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Victory Monday installment of Locked On Texans. As of right now, I think the biggest question mark surrounding this game is what is going on with Kenyon Green. Um, During his post-game press conference, Coach D'Amico Rines did say that he just wanted to see um, more players play in different lineups, different roles. As I mentioned in the last segment, Michael Dieter did start at left guard and played pretty decent as well. By the way, John, I apologize. Juice Scrubs, he's starting to get it. I know I have my questions and my concerns about him, but uh, he looked really good. Jared Patterson Um, also looked pretty good last night, too. He really did, really did. And by the way, I saw some improvements in George George Fant, so I just wanted to throw that out there. I know we've definitely been on him over these last couple of weeks ever since Titus Howard went down. But that is the news as of right now. Coach D'Amico Ryan said he just wanted to, you know, experiment with different players in that lineup at, at the starting five to try to protect CJ. Yeah. That's what he yeah. says as of yeah. right now. Yeah. We yeah. Will, if that question, if that answer will change can later I, on today. But, please? but Go ahead. Go ahead. Take Whether it that's the case before the game, um, that was a blessing in disguise. Mm. Now, we have loved Kenya Green. And we – I've said it here on the show that he needed time, right? I've said that mm-hmm. because time has been robbed from him. But after last night and after whiffing on that block and then immediately holding your arm, right? <laughs> and, and I'm not I'm not saying it was a bogus injury. I don't know. But that effort in that moment has described 
has 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 wrapped up what Kenya Green has been so far because mm-hmm. he's he had a good moment early in that game. It's a C word for Kenya Green that he has failed to lock down, and that's consistency. He has not been a consistent player, whether it has been because he's on the field or not on the field, due to his health, or when he's on the field, he has not been consistent at handling double moves, swim moves. He cannot handle at this point of his career, and we're still hoping and holding out that he does get better. He cannot handle those double moves. Again, once he engages with you, he has a good rep. But if he doesn't beat you to the punch first, then it's over. And that's what we saw throughout the night last night. And in moments, he was good. But that moment and that very that, that time and that play, that really wraps up what King Green has been so far. And to see Michael Data go out there, who I thought has been playing pretty, pretty good in his opportunities going back to camp as well. To see him go out there and play, play very well with the starting unit. Honestly, this is a team that really wants to win games. And I don't see them reserving a starting spot for a player that they feel isn't deserving of that spot. And so that's my takeaway on Kenya Green. He may just need another season to get better, right, honestly. And you also look at Josh Jones, who has some guard experience. Maybe when Titus Howard comes back and they have a practice battle. I'm not sure. But heading into week one, I don't think Kenya Green deserves to be the starting left guard for this team. And I also want to bring it back really quick. More takeaways from Saints game. Before yesterday's game, I talked about how Houston should be scouting the linebacker group, the wide receiver group, and the tight end group. Dalton Schultz looked good. Jordan Murray had a play uh, yesterday. But if the Saints cut scroll that tight end, I think they caught for nearly, if not 100 yards yesterday. Mm-hmm. That young man, if they cut him, I think Houston should – Bring him in to be their backup tight end, the t- tight end two, tight end three. And I also think from what I saw yesterday, Houston should be scouting linebackers even heavily now simply because Henry Toto seems to have a missed tackling problem. He had several missed tackles and opportunities yesterday against the Saints. And when we look at that linebacker group, you got Perryman, you got Harris, you got Cashman. Outside of that, which one of those guys are you trusting to play consistently good for this defense? I'm not 100% sure who's on their list. And I think that HT right now, the young man, he's a rookie, right? So if we go back to the very, very first play of the game, the kickoff return, missed a tackle on that, missed several tackles throughout the nights and took bad angles. He just has to get better. And I'm not a, I'm not sure he's a guy that I want Houston to have out on their field with 40% of the defensive snaps. Mm. John, that point that you just gave about the linebackers was really good. And I do believe that is basically going to play into Christian Kersey keeping his job um, for cut down day, because as you just mentioned, and it wasn't really telling until Sunday, it told a little bit against the Miami Dolphins, but I will hundred percent agree with you. Um, And it might also go into who's already out there on the market because I know starting today, we really going to start seeing teams start, you know, get a head start um, with their roster cut. But, you know, I 100% agree with you on that. By the way, going back to the Kenyon green point um, when speaking of the evaluations that he saw from CJ Stroud in this game, especially that second drive, 
D'Amico Ryan's did go out his way to make sure that he pointed out the improved performance and the improved play of that offensive line. He said, of course, when the pocket is cleaner, you're going to give your quarterback an opportunity to have better play. So that is definitely something to keep an eye on Um, really quick before closing. It might not be at the top of everybody's list, but I'm really starting to get a a real interest in this. The battle for quarterback number three. Um, You look at Case Keenum. He had a really good preseason game. He had a really good training camp performance um, before he got hurt. EJ Perryman came in really late, but he's been looking decent at practice from what we've been able to see. I believe we saw him for like one or two practices before they shut off the media. And um, as you know, he went out there and did his thing um, against the New Orleans Saints. And that's going to be very interesting. Davis Mills, man, he's not going to be on the bubble for the 53-man roster, but even as a backup, he has to play better. With Davis Mills, it's basically the same thing that we've been harping on over the past year or two. You know, it's just a common football plays where it seemed like he has the most issues with. So if you're going off training camp, going off preseason, both of those guys deserve a spot, even if it is on a practice squad. Shout out to Bobby Slowick, man. So yesterday, that offense, I saw him really utilize his fullback. I love that because he's taking he's taking what he's learned. Who Before the game, they talked about his high praise for Kyle Shanahan and what he's learned from Kyle Shanahan. He's taking what he's learned from that offense and that, and that coach and applying it to Houston. And you're seeing the the blueprint of it. So shout out to Bobby Slowick. Shout out to Bobby Slowick for not only utilizing his fullbacks, but also the play action, that flood route that I believe was what led to uh, Nico Collins' touchdown. Um, I think that Nico Collins is this team's number one. I don't think there is a number one, but I think Mm. he is this team's number one. And Mike Boone for solidifying his running back three spot. So. I want to shout out to those guys. And also, Khalil Davis is definitely taking somebody's spot. There's no way around it. I don't know if it's Kurt Hennish or Lopez in play uh, against the Saints Saturday night. I mean, Sunday night, excuse me. But I don't see him not being a Houston Texan this year. He has played, since he's got to Houston, some very good football, some damn good football. So, shout out to Khalil Davis because I think he will be a Texan for this upcoming year. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode. Cody and I woke up super early to record this episode. <laughs> so thank you for checking us out. Make sure you subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked on Texan podcast and follow us on Twitter at Locked on Texans and give me a follow as well at John underscore Hickman 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.